Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. Uh, Are you here today and you have like an injury or an illness, like you're feeling under the weather or there's something like you've been diagnosed with some kind of, um, you know, situation, disease, whatever, or there's just an injury, like a physical injury that you have. Would you just lift your hand all over the, all over the auditorium? All right, okay. Leave them up, leave them up real quick. Uh, how many of you would say there's somebody that I know or somebody that I, I love, that I'm in a relationship with, who is, uh, who has an illness or an injury? You go ahead and lift your hand, okay? That's probably, look around, that's just about all of us, right? You go ahead and put them down because that's the situation in America. Like, we all pretty much are or know someone who uh, has, an, has an illness uh, or has an injury of some kind, who has some sort of um, health issue. That's just, the, that's just normal. In fact, 70%, 70%, 7 out of 10, 70% of Americans are on some sort of prescription drug for an illness or an injury. 7 out of 10. People, let me just just kind of catch that again. Seventy percent of people are on some kind of prescription for an illness or an injury. In fact, over fifty percent of Americans are on two medications for some illness or injury. Meaning that it's not uncommon for us to get sick. <laughs> it's not uncommon for us to get sick uh, mentally. It's not uncommon for us to get sick uh, physic- like, like physically with our, uh, with our physical body. And the, the story that we're going to look at today is from Acts chapter 3. In Supernatural, we've been basically working our way through the, the book of Acts. Acts was written by a guy named Luke. Luke, by the way, is a physician, uh, a doctor. You could call him Dr. Luke if you want. Uh, That's cool. But Luke is a physician. He wrote the book of Acts to kind of show us what happens when Jesus ascends into heaven. And now his followers uh, take take the lead in this movement that he initiated. And in Acts chapter two, uh, it ends with this real general kind of broad statement about the health of the church. People were were coming to know Jesus every day. Uh, They were meeting together. They were fellowshipping together. Everything was great. But then when we enter Acts chapter 3, this this kind of general summary gets drilled down into one person's story. So we move from looking at the story with like binoculars or a telescope, and we, we, we grab a microscope and we drill down on one individual story. So here's what I want to do this morning. I'm going to read the whole passage first. Uh, Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. If you have a Bible, that's cool. If not, look at the, the, the back of the, the screen here, the back of behind my head, whatever it's called. Uh, if you have a phone, you can follow along on version. Just uh, look at the directions on the back of the program for how to do that. So here we go. I'm going to read it all, and then, um, and then I'm going to share a few things. And then here's what we're going to do. This is one of the things about this series that I think is really cool. We didn't start off planning this, but this is kind of what's happened. We're going to read this story. I'm going to tell you a few things that I see, and then we're going to do what they did. We're going to ask, is there anyone in the room who needs prayer for healing, whether it's healing uh, in in your physical body or whether it's healing in your heart or healing in your mind? Then come forward. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray that in the name of Jesus, the power of Christ would make you whole. And so that's what uh, that's kind of give you the idea of where we're heading. Acts chapter three, verse one. I'm going to try not to make any comment and then come back 
and, um, and, and to share with you what I got. And it's really just kind of a, a free flow of thought. <laughs> One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Verse 6, then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. What had happened was the man got healed, right? Like what had happened was this man couldn't walk and then they met Peter and John and all of a sudden he could walk. And this story is so full of, of so many kind of things that we could talk about that it's really hard for me to just pick one, okay? Normally, you come to Vertical Church, if this is your first or second time, like you're just checking us out, right? Normally, I'll have one point, and I'll spend 30 to 50 minutes trying to convince you of this one idea. I don't have that. Basically, today, I'm going to read and just tell you what I believe the Lord uh, wants us to hear this morning. So let's start again, pick it up with verse 1. Uh, one day, everybody say one day. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day. Everybody say every day. Okay, so one day and every day. One day and every day. Do you know if you just put yourself in the right situation, your every day can become one day? You put yourself in the right situation, your every day can suddenly become one day. I want to try to get into this beggar's world. I want to try to get into this man who was lame from birth. Acts chapter 4 tells us that, in fact, he was over 40 years old. So for 40 years, this man couldn't walk. For 40 years, he showed up to this gate. And, and, and his friends or, or somebody he hired just laid him there to try to... To, to, to beg from people. Every day he's completely dependent on the people around him. Monday, he's at the gate begging. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He doesn't take Friday off. He shows up Friday and he begs. And Saturday and Sunday and then Monday, he starts it all over again for over 40 years. Can you imagine what that does to somebody? Not only physically, but, but, but just Mentally, day after day for 40 years. Many of you in this room aren't even 40 years old yet. I'm not 40 years old yet. This man was laid at this, 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 this gate to the temple for longer than I've been alive. Every day. How many people walked by him? How many people walked by him and stared? 
Just, just, just try to enter into this man's world. Imagine what it feels like to be laid out every day begging for people to give you something so that you can eat, for people to give you something so that you can live. You're just, you're just laying it all out there literally every day of your life, hoping, wishing, praying that maybe by chance somebody would give you some money so that you can eat that night. Day after day. And we don't know who brought him. Like, we don't know the circumstance. Because we do know that there are, there are stories uh, at this time where, where people would, would, would hire people to take them and lay them out uh, to, to beg because they couldn't get there on their own. And basically the deal was if you hired somebody to bring you to a place, they got a cut of your, 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 your take home that day. So this man, maybe he hired some people. Maybe he hired some people and whatever he begged for, whatever he got that day, he would give them a percentage. Or maybe he just had some friends, you know, like I'll pick him up on Monday, Wednesday and Friday because you got a pickup truck. You know, you get him on Tuesday and Thursday and then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll switch and alternate weekends. You know, I don't I don't know. I don't know how he got there, but I know that he got there. And that's the important thing, because let's give this guy credit. He couldn't walk, but he knew where he needed to be. You know what I'm saying? Like he couldn't walk, but he knew he needed to get to the temple. You see, this series called Supernatural, we're talking about living in, or being empowered to live like Jesus. And living supernatural means that you put yourself in a position every day to receive from God one day. Because you don't know when your one day is coming. So you've got to be in position every day. And your one day could be today, and so you've got to be in the right place at the right time. You have to be ready. See, this guy knew that he couldn't go anywhere else to get what he needed to get. He couldn't go to the bar because just like Justin Timberlake says, he couldn't drink this one away. Right? No, nobody? <laughs> no, seriously? Like, Jack, Jim, all of them friends, I can't drink you away. <laughs> All right, let's just move on. I had a whole joke there, but let's just skip that one. He said, don't take me to, like, I can't, I don't want to go out dancing because I can't dance. Besides, the club is not going to give me what I need right now. I can't dance, and even if I could, it would not take away this, this, this affliction that I have. So what I need to do is I need to put myself on the path of people who are going to prayer. Put me on the path to the people who are going to pray. Put me on the path of life, in other words. Put me on the path where, where I might experience some power. Put me on the path. You see, that's what coming to church is, right? Like some of you just show up, and the biggest thing you do in your week is just show up. And I want you to know that if you just continue showing up, you'll see some of your greatest victories in life because you just showed up. Like you'll see God move in your life just because you kept showing up. I talk to people all the time, right? Like they, they go through something. They go through something. Uh, typically, it's they go through something relationally or they're going through something uh, mentally and they drop out of church. Like they drop back on church. And I'm like, I don't get that. I don't understand that because, because you're going through something. You're going, to, you're going to neglect going to the very place where something might happen for you. I don't understand. I get that there are people who are physically unable to be here with us this morning. I understand that. 
I talk to them. I go to their house. I pray with them. That's what pastors do. So I understand that there are people who physically cannot get here this morning. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about this guy who had issues, but at least he located himself on the path of life. At least he, he located himself in a place where he could experience the power of God. You see, a lot of people... Or won't, won't, a lot of people will pray for a miracle, but they won't participate in the process to get themselves in position to receive from God. Oh, I want a miracle. I want God to do something amazing in my life, but I'm not going to participate. And I'm not going to get in position for God to move in my life. Do you know how underrated persistence is? Seriously, persistence is so underrated. Some, of, Like I said earlier, some of the greatest victories in your life are going to come just from the fact that you continued to show up. Right. That you just showed up every day because this guy shows up every day. And when you show up every day, eventually your one day will come. This guy is scraping the bottom, right? Like he's scraping the bottom, but he figures the most generous people on the planet go to church. So I'm going to go and I'm going to stand out there. They won't let me in because I can't walk. That was the deal with the temple. He, could, he wasn't allowed to go into the temple because he had, a, he, he had a, a, a deformity. He had a disability that wasn't allowed into the temple. So I'm going to sit outside the temple because I know there are good people. But I wonder if people think about our church that way in our community. You ever think about that? Like, you ever think that, like, your friends, the people that you talk to, when, they're, when, when things break down for them, where they're going through something, when they're going through something physically or mentally or, or relationally, you think they think, man, the place I need to get to is church? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, because I think the church has such a reputation of being a judgmental place and not a place where people can receive healing. Right. But here at Vertical Church, we want to be a healing church. That's who we believe God has called us to be, a, a, a healing place for people. No matter what your, what your ailment is, no matter what your deformity is, you're welcome here. You don't have to sit outside. You can come on into this church. Like, we're not going to look at you weird. We're not going to raise our eyebrow because we recognize we're all messed up. We're all jacked up, and we're just lucky to be here. We don't actually deserve to be here. Check out what happens. Verse 3, right? Let's just continue the, the story. When Peter, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Life lesson here. We're not even going to camp out here. I'm just going to drop this one on you and then move on. If you'll give God your attention, he'll always exceed your expectation. If you'll give God your attention, he'll always exceed your expectation. Verse Six, then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ. So important, right? Like the, John, Peter and John don't take credit for what they're about to do in this man's life. Look, we can't do this outside of Jesus Christ. But he say, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. <laughs> Taking you by the right hand, he helped him up and Instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. I saw something this week that I had not seen before in this. Did you notice that Peter and John don't actually ask the man if he wants to be healed? <laughs> you ever thought about this? Like, they don't ask him. Like, oh, you're asking for money. Well, in the name of Jesus, walk. And then just get him up. What if the man didn't want to be healed? And I know you're thinking, well, that's crazy. No, it's not. I grew up with some people like that. 
Like, I, I'm serious. There were people in the church that I grew up in. I, I've actually seen a guy say, no, don't pray for me, because if I get healed, then i got to go to work. <laughs> and I don't want to go to work. I would rather just sit at home. So keep your healing to yourself. What if this guy was like that? Like, what if he didn't want to be healed? I don't know. We don't know that part of the story. I just saw it, and I thought it was, was funny. And I want to share it with you. So here's a crippled man, handicapped man, a man who can't walk. He's doing what? Totally dependent and helpless people do. They ask for help. This man has no other hope to, that, than to live off of the, the crumbs that come from the table of those more fortunate than him. Because what is he? He's lame from birth. This man didn't make a bad decision. This guy didn't get himself in this situation. He was born this way. He was born with this, with this ailment. He was born with this sickness. He was, he was born unable to walk. You see, there are things in your life that, you, that, that happen to you because of bad decisions you make. And then there are other things. You were just born that way. Like, I was born with a temper. I didn't decide to have one. Okay? I was born broken. In fact, you know that description, lame from birth? I think that just describes all of us. Because there is a sense in a, in a way that all of us enter into this world lame in some sense, right? Not like, you know, uh, the, the, the one version of lame. Some of y'all are lame and some of y'all are really cool, but some of us really can't walk. If you think about it kind of metaphorically, we all enter into this world lame, separated from God because of the sin in our life. Did you know that sometimes this guy's asking for help? But do you know that sometimes help will get in the way of you getting healing? See, some people's help can only take you so far. This guy's friends help bring him to the gate, but they could not do anything else for him. Sometimes, see, there comes a point, and this doesn't apply for all of us in the room, but I think it applies to a few of us in the room, okay? There's a point that you've got to get past getting help, and you've got to get determined to get healed. Because there's a difference between getting help and getting healed. Help sometimes will delay your healing because you'll be dependent upon the help and not trusting God for the healing. So for some of us in the room, we got to get past trying to get help and get determined to get healed. Because Peter and John don't offer the man helpful words. They don't offer him empathy. They don't offer him sympathy. They don't offer him pity. Because Peter and John believe they possess the power that Jesus Christ possessed when he was, was uh, alive on the earth doing his ministry. Peter and John, check this out from Acts chapter 2. They believe that they have the power of the resurrection inside of them through the Holy Spirit. So it's time for them to put up or shut up, in other words, right? Like it's time for them to put into practice the power they claim to possess. It's time to put up or shut up for John and Peter. They don't have silver and gold, but they have something infinitely more valuable. Notice that Peter takes the man by the right hand, right? I told you, this is just kind of a free flow message today. If you could take notes on this, God bless you. Um, takes him by the right hand. Why the right hand? Because the right hand symbolizes authority, right? And this man's authority for 40 years in his life had been his paralysis, his paralysis had dictated to him where he went, how he got there. Everything about his life was determined by his paralysis. But when his paralysis hooked up to the power of God, something miraculous happened. And there comes a point in your life where you've got to hook your pain up to his power so that you can see what God wants to happen in your life come in to pass, come in to happen. 
Something miraculous happens when you hook up your paralysis to his power. Because healing isn't something off to the side. Do you know that? Healing isn't, healing isn't like, well, you know, we get saved, God forgives us our sins, and oh, hey, here's the cherry on top of bonus. He also offers to heal us. No, 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 healing isn't like that. You're misunderstanding healing. If you think that it's just a, well, that's nice. <laughs> you know, healing is essential to your salvation. And, and in fact, healing, well, the way we said it in the church I grew up in, the, the, the healing was provided for us in the atonement, in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So healing is at the heart of what it means to be saved. Because in Acts, check this out. Acts chapter 4, uh, Peter gets questioned about the authenticity of this healing. Like, like, how did you do this? And look what he says. Look on the screen with me. Acts chapter 4, verse 9. He says, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame or being asked how he was healed, how is this man healed? Then know this, and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom, by the way, you crucified, but God raised from the dead. Just want to throw that out there to you. That this man stands before you healed. Then Peter quotes a verse about Jesus being the cornerstone rejected. Verse 12, salvation. Wait a second, I thought we were talking about healing. Why are you talking about salvation now? Because, because they are one and the same. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no under name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. I thought we were talking about this man's healing. We are. Because in the original Greek, the words for salvation and the words for healing are the same word. It's not two different words. It's the same word. It's sozo. It means, it, means, um, it, means, it means healing. It means to make whole, which is exactly what salvation is. It's taking a body that has been broken by sin and making it whole again. Because sin is not just something we do, it's something internally that we are infected by. So the solution to an infection is a, is, is a cure, and, and, and healing is that cure. Because 700 years before Jesus was ever born, uh, Isaiah the prophet issued a promise about what the, the Savior would do. What the Savior would do, the Savior would do two things. The Savior would forgive our sin and he would heal our bodies. That's what Isaiah says. Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 5 says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. Verse 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds... We are healed. See, sin doesn't just affect us internally in our, in our spirit or our soul, you know, if you want to think about it that way. Sin affects all of our, our, our person. Inside, outside, soul, spirit, body, all of our... And so Jesus didn't just come to give us forgiveness of sin. Jesus came to heal us entirely from the effect and the sickness, if you want to think about it that way, of sin. Jesus is asked about the authenticity of his ministry. In Luke, I believe it's chapter 7. Don't quote me on that, I'm guessing. And, 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 and they're like, well, well, how do we know that you're the one God sent? And he says, well, tell them this. The blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. So Peter gets up on the day of Pentecost, and he preaches a sermon, and he quotes Joel. And Joel says that signs and wonders would be on the earth when God pours out his spirit. So either the followers of Jesus 
are able to point to signs of healing resurrection power at work in the world because of Jesus Christ, or we are without evidence of our claim that he can forgive our sin. That's how important healing is. It is the sign that God is breaking it. It is the sign that the, that the division between heaven and earth is starting to fade away and God's kingdom is breaking into our world. You see, I'm not saying that we chase signs and wonders to prove God. What I'm saying is this is what we actually believe. We believe that signs and wonders follow those who are chasing after Jesus. If we are chasing after Jesus, signs and wonders and miracles and healings will follow us, not us following them. See, that's the that's mistake. We don't chase after signs and wonders. We believe signs and wonders are chasing after us as we chase after Jesus. Because they are the sign that this all of this is legit. They are the sign. They are the, they are the, the visible evidence that God is breaking into our world. So, so healing is a sign that God is doing something new in the world. It's a sign that Jesus is alive. That he is not dead. That he defeated death. And he is putting the world back to right. And everything that is broken will be pulled back together. And everything that is messed up will be made whole. And your life and my life are the first signs of the healing of God moving throughout our world. So check out how this passage closes. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and, and invite the, uh, the band to come back up and just play softly behind me as we, as we wrap up this passage. And then we're, just, we're, we're going to do what they did. Is God going to heal you? I don't know. He might. Your one day might be today. Or you just might need to have another day of getting yourself in position so that your one day can happen. Check out how this happens. I want, oh gosh, I hope you see this. Because if you see this and our church gets this, then I'm telling you, this is what like really seriously takes the roof off the place. Verse 8. He jumped to his feet, which is how we know he was in fact a Pentecostal. <laughs> he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. You know, this is the point in some of the churches I attended as a kid where the cold water committee would step up and visit the guy at his home. Listen, brother, we need you to settle down. You're a distraction. You're causing, you're causing people to look at you weird. You're drawing people's attention to you by the way that you praise, by the way that you're rejoicing. So you need to calm down. But... This man had been here for 40 years. What do you want him to do? And here's what I discovered this week. The greater the pain, the greater the praise. The deeper the hurt, the more heartfelt the worship. The man was laying at the gate for over 40 years. He could not walk. He was not allowed to go into the temple. He had to sit outside of the presence of God. When you realize the depth of the pain that Jesus heals in your life, there ought to be a gratitude that swells up that you can't contain. That's what it, this is what I get when he's, when he's running around like a crazy man. Well, it sounds just like emotionalism. That's right, it is. Because I get emotional when I think about what Jesus has done in my life. I get emotional when I think about how he healed me. And I get emotional when I think about how he brought me out of a broken home, a broken family. I didn't have, a, I didn't have a, an example for a dad, and now I have kids, and I'm trying to be the best dad that I can be. I get emotional when I think about that. I get emotional when I think about the sin that I was wrapped up in. I get emotional when I think about the addiction that was controlling and choking out my life. 
if I get, sorry if I step on your toes while I'm running and jumping, but I've never done this before. I've never done this before. I wasn't supposed to be here. I wasn't allowed into the temple. I wasn't supposed to make it, but I'm here. I'm supposed to, listen, I'm supposed to be begging for scraps outside the presence of God. But he brought me in. So you're right, I'm going to get emotional. And I'm going to cry, and I'm going to throw up my hands, and I'm going to say, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in my life. And I don't care what anybody else looks at me and, and, and their eyes raise up. You know what happens? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want you to see this. Verse 9. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. Don't get, to, don't get too used to the way I am right now. God's working on me. God's changing me. Don't get used to who I am sitting down. Just, he's taking me somewhere. And look, look what happens. He's sitting there at the temple gate. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Because what had happened was this man got healed. What had happened was this man couldn't walk. And now he can what had happened was your one day might be today. I believe God's going to blow your mind today. I'm serious, man. I've been praying all week. I've been fasting. I've been just asking God, Lord, would you just do a healing, uh, just, just break forth in healing, miraculous power in our church this morning. I believe God's going to do stuff in your life. I believe God's going to do stuff in this church. That, that what happens here in verses 9 and 10, that, that when, when it happens, people are filled with wonder and amazement. God uses this event as a catalyst to bring 2,000 people to know Jesus. What can he do when he heals you? What's he, what's he going to, what, what is your healing going to be the catalyst for? When God transforms your life and heals your broken body, or heals your broken mind, What's it going to be the catalyst for? What kind of what kind of movement is going to erupt out of that? So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite those, those who I've asked to, to join us. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.